0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am Frank, one of your co-hosts, here with AJ. How you doing?
1: I'm doing very well,
0: Frank. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, we uh, no longer have exclusive access to the Watchmen premiere uh, or the other episodes, so we had to watch with everybody else. Um, we watched episode two, uh, Marshall Feats of Comanche Horsemanship, last night on HBO, um, which is another doozy of a name. Uh, last week's was uh, a lyric from one of the songs in Oklahoma. And this one, uh, you were telling me before that it, it's the painting in, in Judd's house. Is that right?
1: Well, the, yeah. So, like, the last one was named after a specific lyric in the song Judd is Dead from Oklahoma. This is named after a, uh, a, I believe it's a uh, a painting about um the depiction of a specific Comanche uh, style of um war tactic in which the uh, pe the u s. marshals were out there with the Comanches, and they would see, as is depicted by the painting that is in uh, something Carlin in Judge Crawford's house when it ends. Uh, that they are, like, shifting from one side to the other and that the Comanche would be on one side of the horse, then they'd be on the other side of the horse, and then they'd be able to fight and deflect and defend against that. So here we go, Frank. Did you do your reading? <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, it, I, I got the book. I got the graphic novel again. So uh, um, I'm about, like, a an issue in, and so I'm picking up on some things, but it's good to refresh my memory. Also rewatched the the premiere um, because it had been a few weeks since we saw it at, at Comic-Con. Um, what about you? You read or watch anything?
1: So I was in Germany and I watched Snyder's uh, Watchmen a whole bunch of times um, because I don't like to watch German TV. kind of freaks me out. I went to a concentration camp uh, a week ago uh, yesterday, so I was not super into hearing German all the time. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. But uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, it was nice to kind of look back on this and, you know, look back fondly and now have the book out in on my coffee table when we're watching the new show.
0: Even just like the artwork of the book, uh, just seeing that logo, like I, I've had it in here with me as I was watching last night. It's just like it sets the mood and sets the tone right. And the one I picked up actually is one of the more recent editions that has a whole bunch of sketches in the back it's really cool
1: that's awesome
0: Um, so i can't wait to like flip through it all um but yeah like the conversation in my office is really up and and going on so i wanted to make sure i i had that and was able to refer back to it um because you know it's it's a really dynamic show. um, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about it, um even more so than like when we we're covering Game of Thrones like Game of Thrones. it was like a wider audience that everyone like and their mother watched, and this is like a very focused like small group of people right now that are like intensely talking about it. so it's cool um
1: yeah, definitely. it's a whole different watching a show.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot. It's heavy. I mean, we we I don't know if we realized how heavy it was going to be, um, but it's. I, I love that it's set in this universe, um, and uh, like this episode was a little bit more. Um, not as much happened, but they went in depth into some other uh, things that happened in the past and it, stretching out the characters a little bit more. Um, but I think let let's kind of start in the end or the middle, wherever we're talking about Viet, um, or the, 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 one who must be known as Viet or he who should not be named, whatever we're calling him at this point, the Prince of the castle or manor. This scene is just kind of crazy. Uh it's so uh, they reveal at the end of last week, uh, where, uh, he's making this play and he wants to have his, uh, Made and uh, Butler perform in this play and we see them doing it and it's you know very much a reenactment of John Osterman becoming Dr. Manhattan and it's later revealed that these are seemingly clones which kind of tracks with what Veet did you know he genetic uh, modifications and all that kind of thing um, and uh, it's still very a weird world that he's in what's your takeaway on this?
1: So yeah, I'm so glad that we get to start at the be- at the end here. Uh, yeah, so uh, Veet is really um, a, an interesting character in the comic books, you know, because I think the main difference here is that when you read the book, you also read the Curse of the Black Freighter, right? Mm-hmm. And you're following along with this character as he deals with this great loss and how he's processing it, you know, after the fact uh, in the uh at, when it finally culminates at the end and you see uh kind of Azu Mendes kind of talking about uh you know his great sacrifice to you know drop the squid on everyone uh he kind of comes full circle and i think that this is like kind of him um kind of announcing to everyone who is in the role he's about to play it's interesting in the first episode to see this kind of like sketch of a character that they were trying to make, you know, very elusive but draw back to uh you know ex- you know, all the things and characteristics we know about, you know, Adrian that he's a little eccentric and that he's, you know, European, you know. <laughs> uh you know, also that he's involved in all this kind of crazy modification. What was the big speculation was that these, uh robots you know what were these but what did you think Frank I mean like i I really dug whole play thing I thought it was pretty excessive, but like it was is very interesting in the reveal
0: yeah, um I feel like it was kind of we talked about it before we're like oh are they robots are they uh is, is it like some sort of virtual reality it was kind of it makes more sense for it to be some sort of clone uh situation um and like he <laughs> straight up murders one of them um and that's kind of it makes sense why like looking back now it's like oh this is why um they're kind of a little quirky and they they don't realize like the difference between a knife and a horseshoe or or like they make these errors and so he's like continuing to just create new ones and supplant them for his needs. and but like he's he's doing this play, but it's like, well, why? And, and what is he trying to get out of it? Like is that um, like is he trying to recreate a Dr. Manhattan? or is it just just for himself trying to look back on on this history? because he was always kind of obsessed with him.
1: Well yeah, so I think what's very obvious here is that Adrian really misses his friend uh John Osterman. And that he, you know, Dr. Manhattan, you know, and this will tie back into the very much deified and he's very much a big part of this uh, you know, new universe that we're about to see play out. He's ubiquitous, um, very much I, I guess as you can see like a uh a religious figure also anytime you see blue in the tv show it's kind of a specific tie back to dr manhattan in a way that's going to be intentional going forward so like there's so much of his kind of technological um that's still remnant and we're going to see pop up throughout the you know season um i really dug it i i think it was cool to see uh you know them portray the Dr. Manhattan origin story in this kind of Shakespearean uh, way. Um, I didn't really get the bags on the heads. I thought that was a little dark for Adrian, um, and still is. Uh, But once it's revealed that all of these, you know, kind of servants to him are clones of each other um, and that he only uses kind of two, the other ones kind of are in a lower caste system until they're called up, uh, was... Uh, right along what his legacy was in the comics, and I think it was definitely announcing to the world that j- yes, in fact, Jeremy Irons is Adrian Veet, and he has close tie with our good buddy Doctor Manhattan, and uh, you know are tied to the original Watchman, yeah, uh, Mister Veidt.
0: Yeah, and and we'll see. Like obviously, he's still very separated from from the action, um, and how. Everything's going to play out. It remains to be seen. But um, it, it's those scenes to me are, are super intriguing because, you know, we know more about him. And it's I think, just so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. And I think the other thing is like, it's great to have new characters and everything, but also like to have a character like him and, and knowing that Silk, Silk Spectre, uh, Lori, is going to be next week that's like what's like oh this is exciting what are are we going to get and how is it going to tie what did we miss over the past 30 years um not to say that the stuff the new stuff isn't really interesting on its own as well because um we pick up right from the action of at the end of last week's episode after judd uh talking
1: about how people can be in the same place at the same time and being, you know, in two different places at once, Uh, our fellow Will in the wheelchair over here is uh, having, you know, some kind of a time back at the old bakery.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I don't, it's hard to say what he is. I mean, he has some either ability, or he's got some technology, or he has some friends that he can contact to help him out because obviously at the end there he gets scooped away. But some of the things that he's able to do is it's very uh, it's very murky how it's been done and and why he's doing it. Because, you know, it's revealed that he I, I mean, we knew last week that he uh, was affected by the the Black Street Wall Street massacre uh, and then. It's revealed this week that Angela is a descendant of his. And so uh, it's like, why would he be helping or or trying to uh, frame? Like, why is he helping the white supremacists? Like, or why would he, you know, kill this guy? And then obviously he, it's revealed that Judd has some skeletons and an actual Clan uh, garb in his closet, like, and so maybe he's not really what he seems, which is kind of something we were saying a long time ago. It's like, is he gonna be uh, this great, squeaky clean guy like we thought he was gonna be? Um, and I really appreciated having more uh, scenes with Don Johnson. I think he's just a charismatic presence on the show, and just having his uh him there, even though we know he's already dead, like, and and. Shedding more light on his character is just super interesting. Um, hopefully that continues.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, so we so we see uh, Judd um, kind of quickly after they replay the events of the White Knight, which takes place on Christmas, which is so fucking uh, diabolical. Anyway, uh, all these dudes in Rorschach Max masks who are members of the Seventh Cavalry. Uh, quick follow up: The Seventh Cavalry is the uh, General, Custard, um, General Custard, General Custard, General Custard uh, Cavalry from the Confederates. The last stand, and the, yeah. And you know, last stand. So that's why when they get the thing, it's called Little big horn because that's the code word for the uh, the cavalry. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, you know. We see him kind of picking up immediately after uh, we are, um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, what happens at White Knight. And it's like, that's intentional, you know, that we're meant to see him in kind of like this other side of the coin, you know, this other version. Whereas, you know, we do know, you know, now by the end of the episode, what's kind of going on is closet, which is... um. D- confusing to say the least. Um,
0: Right. And, like, last week's episode, they lingered on that photo in his closet, and it was kind of like, what is going on here? But uh, there wasn't enough really to go on it, and so, like, to to have that uh, recur here and and focus on it again, and then her discover what she finds, um, is very troubling, because this is a man that she loved and really had a great relationship with. And now is like finding all these things out about him that, you know, it's, it's, he wasn't true to what she thought. Um, the, the one thing that was interesting about the, when she was in the hospital, they were saying how, Oh, we got them all. But there was that one guy that was standing over her, like in, in her house with the gun. And that doesn't actually shoot her. It's kind of unclear what happened to that guy. I mean, Obviously, it seems like this uh, cult is kind of big. Um, obviously, we know the future. Several years later, they're still around. I don't think you, if one person survived. it would, But like, is there like a leader that you know decided to spare her or something for some reason? To me, there was some reason that was lingered on, and uh, maybe they'll come to play later on. So, uh, not only uh, with the White Knight, is it revealed that um, a bunch of cops are killed. Um, but Angela finds out that her um, partner and her partner's wife are also killed, and so that's how she uh, comes and ad- adopts the the three kids that we saw last week: Topher and the the two girls. Um, it's interesting because, um, like, he, the kid it seems to be—he's like not uh, an. Adult yet, but he's very much like I'm in charge of my my sisters. Like I don't want to tell them about Uncle Judd, um, and then he gets to watch um, some of the American Hero story where we see, uh, like we dive in and we watch um, Hooded Justice and and everything that was going on with the Minutemen. I think it's really interesting that they're they're diving in and we're actually going to see some of this plot, kind of like with the book where we have um, a little bit of content with under the hood and the tale of the black freighter um what what are your thoughts on on um the american hero story
1: i really dig it i think it was super awesome um i like that everybody all over was watching it uh i also thought it was you know very um um uh you know figurative for uh talking about Sister Knight and Regina King's character, um, kind of explaining to her like why she puts on the hood and you know similar things like that. Uh, it's also interesting because Hooded Justice is one of the few characters whose uh, identity is never revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to kind of start there and then move into this kind of cool, awesome action scene and kind of portray the awesome Watchmen violence like we know that like we kind of want it. So I'm kind of down for them to do it in this way. I also thought the uh, warning at the very beginning was very. I was exciting. cracking up. That was so funny. <laughs> it was awesome. I thought it was very cool. I mean, uh,
0: it, it makes sense. Like we're in this like crazy liberal world, right? Where like they, it's like it's HBO, but also uh, it's rated X, and you can't. Uh, it's like it's nudity and violence and racial this and this and this and it's like okay, they're, they're really going there. They're making yeah. sure. And then fucking Topher's watching it anyway. It doesn't matter.
1: doesn't matter. So I thought it was super exciting and cool to see their kind of culture portrayed through that. I think what's fun for everyone is how they're relating it back to the Minutemen, the Watchmen, and, like, the people we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like... So I wanted to talk about this a little bit. This is more of, a, like, a high-end philosophical idea... Um, sure. I don't want this show to become kind of what Agents of Shield kind of had to do, which is like every episode in Agents of Shield you kind of get one Avengers reference. Like and I don't think this show needs to do that. Um I'm excited by like the way that it goes and that the characters are intrinsically intertwined into the plot. Um and like I think that it's cool. That whereas in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. you have to like or in even the Marvel Netflix shows, you have to make some kind of reference tying in, you know, what's going on with the Avengers every so often um, that here, uh, you know, everything is kind of, you know, so ingrained and it's so um, essential to the story that you don't have to spend time, you know, kind of wasting it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And, and it doesn't feel that way to me. It, it feels much more organic and, like, oh... Uh, right, you know, like... Su- superheroes are a part of this world. Uh, the ones that uh, people want to know about are the ones that you know about. Like, it, it's... It doesn't feel forced. It's just, like, it is what it is. And, of course, Dr. Manhattan is, like, the only superpowered being, so everyone knows about him. And, it, it, I mean, that would be how it is here, like, in the real world. Like, the, it, the, the people that... Uh, deserve the attention, get the attention, and it's not like, oh, well, the Hulk, you know, destroyed Harlem this week. <laughs> like, Right, right. Yeah. But,
1: like, it, but it's not, like, forced, and, like, it's not, like, to keep your attention of, like, where it's going to be. Like, the people that they're, like, the way that they're making this story, like, even though it's not set, kind of, like, and I think of, and this is, like, such a conceited worldview, but, like uh, I think of New York as kind of being on a grand scale, it's such a it's a big city. There's a lot going on. It's kind of a global city in a lot of ways uh the u n is based here like it's kind- it's kind of an elevated place where like when you see it, the initial you know setting for this place being Tulsa, Oklahoma, but then you get into the history, and now we kind of see how this is expanding kind of not just you know beyond Tulsa but beyond you know, I think maybe a couple of continents. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean, also like the thing you got to remember is like New York got totally fucked.
1: Well, it got, book. well, it got <laughs> fucked, but also in the, uh, the slideshow, you can see that the world trade T- center is still standing, which means nine eleven never happened. So like, right. So it's like, a so even though n- New York did get fucked, like they were able to more or less rebuild, and like they live in a different like New York is a different kind of city. I can imagine like if we see it in this universe, I'm sure it's significantly different than what we remember it being like.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, because when we left it too, like the '80s in New York City wasn't the greatest either. And so after this crazy event, it may it may not have be like gone back to being prosperous. It may have kind of just like either stayed steady or declined or I don't know. That's interesting. I think it is kind of cool that we, we moved on. Like at first I was like, why aren't we in New York? This feels weird. But like, I totally appreciate being in a new location that, um,
1: yeah, I, I, am cool with it now. I think that they did a good job by setting up like the long arcing story plot, which is that, you know, here you have, uh, Regina King's character, you know, finding out that, you know, Will, the guy in the wheelchair is in fact her grandfather visa this like this cultural uh, center, which is like so interesting because I was like kind of trying to write a joke about this kind of an idea. And like, it was so interesting that they did this with this genetic testing, because now you can go back and you can swab yourself and you can see if you were, you know, your family was, you know, kind of Uh, victimized in this uh, horrible atrocity and then you can go get access to um the you know reparation uh program that they have in this alternate version of america and i thought that was a really cool way of doing it i liked the whole experience it felt um it felt very otherworldly and i liked the way that this show kind of um plays with the technology that they have similarly to like blade runner 2049 like how they still had all the tube curved tvs and like all this weird you know 80s future bullshit that they kind of kept whereas like in this like this seems very reminiscent of the cafe 80s from uh, back to the future 2 like welcome yeah. to the cafe 80s. you know <laughs> what do you want <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh i i dug that scene i think it was cool i would love to know if there's one for jewish people i would definitely be down to go uh, oh. you know but like we'll see what they do you know kind of uh you know w- with this whole initiative going forward cuz it seems like this is the center of a larger conspiracy
0: totally and so and fun little easter egg there like the guy um that was on the screen is like an actual uh he's a real world guy that is, i can't remember his name um that uh has been very involved in in i think he's a a, a, a critic like a, a, a literature critic and um has been involved in the in the stories of the the uh reparations and and on all that like uh i don't know if he had something anything to do with Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, letter or essay, but uh, he was definitely so. It's interesting that they cast him to be that senator um, because, yeah. And then the other part of it is that um, Angela finds out this history that she's uh, dated back to the, the, the Tulsa bombings. And um, then we also find out that Judd, kind of on the other side of the coin, his family goes back to it too and so it's just setting up this like um this parallel that's mirroring uh, that there's you know discovering things about the history um and it's it's cool that there's a lot of non-linear storytelling happening um you know we get we're jumping around a bit uh but i feel like in the end it's going to be a nice tight little bow that um Contained. I think right now we're like in the dark on so many different things that are happening. Um, but I've heard, and that the press has seen several episodes, and that it just keeps getting better. Um, next week's especially uh, introducing uh, Lori Blake into the mix, and and how that kind of ties back to everything. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and uh, it was funny that when I was re rereading the book uh i was reading p- the part with um under the hood and there's this whole story that hollis mason's talking about with uh his uh his dad's like auto mechanic or something and he's talking about the the ride of the valkyries playing and then they had ride of the valkyries in this episode uh which i thought was a another cool little easter egg that it, they just Throwing in there just, you know, the people that are paying attention are going to find these things. And I mean, like, additionally to that music, like the soundtrack has just been really great. I I'm really impressed with what they're doing there too.
1: They're doing really great work here. It's very exciting and fun. I like it too.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, I know there's so much more to say, but we want to keep this brief so we can, uh, yeah, uh, it's good. It's at, good. At like you guys.
1: We we it's going to be good. You know, I think we have a lot more to like to see coming. I think we're definitely going to figure out, you know, where, you know, uh, Adrian Veed is planning with his crazy new plan. I'm excited to see kind of the makeups of what his worldview is now that we're giving a little bit more access into what his day to day life is like now that we know he has clones. I'm excited to see Regina King further develop. Uh, this mystery now that the dude in the wheelchair has been inducted by the crazy guy with the magnet helicopter, uh, uh you know, <laughs> there's a lot of intrigue going on right now. So I think we best save it up for the episode three discussion, where we actually have some idea of where we're all headed.
0: Sounds good. Um, so as always, you can find us online at longlostheroes.net. You can find us on the social medias. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and uh, Google Play, etc. Um, please leave us a rating, review, co- uh, comment, and you know respond to our posts and your thoughts on this show. Um, if you want us to keep chatting about it, because I think we're both in on it. Um, and in a, in a couple more weeks, we are, we're going to have The Mandalorian, um, and that's another one that we're really excited to, to yeah, see and, and talk about. Yeah, and that's going to be
1: a whole new thing, man. Whole new A
0: whole other thing. So uh, the streaming uh, content continues. So anything else for you tonight, buddy?
1: I'm good. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hope you all have a great and safe happy Halloween. If we make the upload in time, And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing from you guys soon.
0: All right. Sounds good. Bye.